Podcast at the Urban Action Showcase and Expo. Uh, thrilled to have this panel uh, assembled right here uh, for the Martial Arts in Cinema. Uh, we have Luis Esteban, Sheldon Ledich, Eugene Thomas, and Silvio Simak. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with all your fans here. Um, can I ask you guys to do a quick introduction and uh, introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, Luis Esteban, I'm the co-writer of Only the Strong. Hi, Sheldon Ledich, and I... Uh Wrote the original Bloodsport, uh, directed, wrote and directed uh, Lionheart, uh, Double Impact, Only the Strong, also uh, co-wrote uh, Rambo 3 with Sylvester Stallone. So I've been doing this for a while, doing mostly action movies and uh, tough guy movies. <laughs> I'm Eugene Thomas. Uh, all of my training has been in Asia, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong. Uh, all of my work has been uh, in Taiwan. Uh, had about 12 uh, films under my belt, but I uh, haven't done anything in the States, but that's where my training has been in Asia and Taiwan and my Wushu training. Awesome. Uh, my name is Silvio Simak. My career started off as a martial arts competitor. I competed for many years. I was Taekwondo local medalist. And then my movie career took off. Uh, today I've done 39 feature films. Some of the films you may have seen me in are Transporter 3, Unleashed, Undisputed 2, Man of Tai Chi. Awesome. Hold on to that, Mike. I'll start with you down there because uh, we work, we uh, have some representation across uh, several uh, generations of martial arts in cinema here, um, from Wuxia to to Wick and everything in between. Um, so, talk to me about um, how uh, is it possible to overstate uh, the impact of martial arts in cinema, in your opinion? I don't think so. Funny enough, I was, I was in China a few years ago, um, touring, doing the same thing, basically um, celebrating how Chinese culture has been exported purely through, uh, through the martial arts films. Uh, martial arts undoubtedly are very spectacular and visual on screen, um, so uh, they make huge, huge impact uh, uh, across all the movies, undoubtedly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, how about you? What, do you? what do you think about uh, the... Uh uh, the possibility of overstating martial arts impact in cinema. Uh, the art it, itself is a great vehicle uh, for communicating uh, internationally. Uh, one of the things that I love about uh, the Asian films and the, one, the way they perform the arts is it's out of the norm when it comes to American style martial arts and performing films, their wushu style movement. Something that I can identify with. but. Uh, Everybody is interested in the arts, and uh, it brings a certain type of bond. You have that, that, that common uh, collaborate with one another. So the art itself definitely can bring people together. Yeah, great. Sheldon. Well, uh, as far as the martial arts impacting the world, uh, I've written and directed a couple of movies that have had a tremendous impact upon the world because I keep running into people. I ran into people here today. Uh, uh, you know how many people started Capoeira because of only the strong? Yeah. Yeah. And then how many people started martial arts training uh, at all because of blood sport? Uh, it's got to be in the ten thousands of people who started mar who got interested in martial arts. They saw blood sport. They said, "Hey, I want to go out and do that." And uh, uh, I would think. Most of the people you will meet today, or especially a few years ago, who are training in martial arts, they've all seen Bloodsport, okay? which is one of my movies. I'm, I'm promoting my movie, but also uh, Enter the Dragon was a big influence, too. Enter the Dragon got people interested. But Bloodsport really seemed to kick it off, because here was a guy uh, who was from Belgium uh, competing in this martial arts contest with people from all over the world and showing some amazing moves. And the thing about martial arts movies like Bloodsport and like Only the Strong and like uh, Enter the Dragon, you see that the actors are really doing it. They're up there, they're really doing the moves. Um, when we were first trying to cast Bloodsport, because I wrote the script before we had 
Van Damme or any, any other actor attached, uh, we're, we're wondering, okay, who are we going to get to play the lead character in this? Well, we can't fake it, all right? He's going to be up there doing, doing martial arts, doing fights. One of the suggestions that was made by Canon Films was Michael Dudikoff. Great, love Michael Dudikoff, but he's not a martial artist. He can't actually do this stuff. In those ninja movies, he had uh, Sho Kasugi and Steve Lambert in the ninja outfit doing the moves. Uh, in Bloodsport, Jean-Claude is up there. There's no fake, there's no stunt doubles. That's what you got a lot of in movies today, like uh, a lot of these Marvel movies. Act the actors have got masks on. You can't tell if it's really the actor or not. So Captain America, he's doing all this cool stuff, but it's not Captain America. It's not the actor, it's stunt people. So that's one thing that was really cool about martial arts movies that were made in the 80s and back to the 70s also, like Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is doing the real stuff. So um, those had a tremendous impact, and you know, I don't think you really see people deciding to study karate or martial arts after seeing Captain America or Spider-Man, okay? Nobody gets inspired by those. But you see Chuck Norris, you see Van Damme, you see, you see uh, Mark Dacascos, and that's the real guy up there. He's doing all these cool moves. I want to learn how to do that, and it's led to thousands and thousands, and I would say really tens of thousands of people have taken up martial arts because of those movies. So they have had a definite impact upon the world. Yeah, for sure. Luis, how about you? Wow, uh, <laughs> way to add to that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agree with everyone here. I think martial arts, to get a little bit more philosophical on it, is, is one of these things where it empowers individuals. Like, many, many, many moons ago, I was a little kid watching Enter the Dragon. Sure, yeah. Down here, and then, mm -hmm. you know, and been making films for 30 years. And even the dramatic films that, that we're now making, they all have some level of action. So by way of martial arts and cinema, I think it's one of those things where you feel like you want to be that hero. It's, it's, it's a very ancient idea. It's a very ancient wish. You want to yeah. be that person that, even if you take a beating, you're going to stand up and you're going to fight against whatever is right. messing things up. Sometimes you can't do it in real life, uh, but you become inspired by it. Yeah, uh, for for me, uh, growing up in the seventies uh, and the eighties, uh, the uh, Shaw Brothers stuff, you know, Five Deadly Venoms, those were those were my superheroes. Uh, those were the ones that inspired me to to uh, take up martial arts and all that. How, what then is the next evolution of martial arts and cinema, uh, in, in your opinion? And I'd like everybody's opinion on that. Well, I think it's gotten now to uh, you know everyone's trying to outdo themselves. You know, how do we do something more interesting? Um, the pendulum keeps swinging, and I'll, I'll, I'll just make it super brief by saying that it seems like it's just a matter now of how do we do something more intriguing, more cinematic, more interesting, something that will translate to different cultures around the world, which was always the purpose anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm in conversations with a lot of people on the internet, you know, Facebook, places like that, and I see conversations that people are having. And one thing I keep hearing over and over again is... Uh, we need to go back to the kinds of movies that were being made in the 80s and 90s, okay? These, these martial arts movies that had real guys like Jean-Claude, Steven Seagal, uh, uh, Chuck Norris, guys who could really do it, doing the actual fights, not wearing masks over their faces so that we had stuntmen doing it. And these stuntmen can do all this really crazy stuff. And now they use a lot of CGI, actually, to enhance the moves. But people keep telling me, and I keep reading about it on the internet, um, let's get back to the basics, the stuff that was being done in the 80s and 90s with Van Damme and Seagal and Mark Dacascos. So maybe there's going to be a swing back to those kinds of movies where we don't have CGI enhancing everything. We don't have uh, uh, characters wearing masks or using stunt people or using, using CGI to actually put an actor's face over a, uh, a stuntman. Because they do this nowadays. I have a stuntman doing a bunch of stuff. Then they'll insert, using computer graphics, they'll insert the actor over that stuntman so it looks like the stuntman, so the actor is really doing it. Um, I think people want to get, get away from that. We want to get back to real guys. Well, like Luis, um, i just tell you a little bit about how Only the Strong came about. Luis was actually 
training in New York City, actually training some bad kids in high school. And that's where we got the inspiration for the story for Only the Strong. And we ended up writing that. And, uh, uh, and so Lou is another guy who was, he was the real deal. Uh, now, I'm not. I'm not a real martial artist, but uh, uh, I've known a lot of them, and I've been inspired by them, which is how I've written scripts like Lionheart and uh, um, Bloodsport. Anyway, so that's my, that's my take. We need to go maybe back to the future. We want to go back to the 80s and 90s <laughs> and start doing those kinds of movies and finding some new people to be new action stars, like, um, yeah. like Silvio here, okay? Yeah. And there's a few others out there also. Um, all of whom are going to be in Warrior Island. We're doing this Warrior yeah. Island movie. And everybody in that movie, all those guys, they're, they're all the real deal. They've all done this stuff. They can do this stuff on camera. And I think that's very impressive to audiences. I think audiences, maybe they're a little tired of all the CGI stuff that we're seeing now. Um, and like even the James Bond movies, to give you another example. Those stunts are all enhanced by CGI nowadays. And back, back in the, the 60s, uh, people were really doing that stuff. They were really driving cars off of cliffs and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> one time. Yeah, one time. No, but you know, yeah, yeah. they did it safely. They knew yeah, how to do sure. it. Yeah. You know, like the, uh, uh, um, like the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. They were doing that stuff for real. Yeah. All right? Now, the newer Indiana Jones movies have got a lot of CGI enhancement. Yeah. So I think we want to go back to the real... Yeah, the real martial arts. Well, let's hear from some of the real martial arts now, martial artists here on the panel. Then you're right. Um, foundation is, is very important. Uh, going back to the original way, uh, people look for an escape. When we go to the films, we 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 get lost in a reality to a certain degree. Uh, martial arts and the writers. Uh, back in the day, they had a message within their in their movies. They had something to say. Uh, a lot of young folks, a lot of young people, they come to the theaters for that escape, to see something, to learn something. Yep. The martial artists today, you know, we have to really look at ourselves. Are we entertaining them? Are we just another martial art? Just because you're a champion fighter doesn't mean that you can entertain the people. Sure. You want to put us on the, on your seat. That's what got us there. They entertained us with their art. Sure, you can punch, you can kick, and you can roll, but can you entertain us with that? Can and you inspiration can, too? Inspiration. Yeah, yeah. The whole objective is to touch that inner spirit that's inside of these individuals that's coming in here. We learned something from our arts. We learned how to go inside of ourselves and project it. But can we project it across the screen? And this is what they want to see. They want to. They want sure, to be entertained. Sure. Yeah. Lee Shaolin, Bruce Lee, he entertained us. The old ones, they entertain us, but are we entertaining or are we just uh, copying one another? Because when I look at a lot of action films today, everybody's the same. Uh, nothing is really kindering your spirit that's inside. And that's what we want to see. Mm -hmm. We come to the films to be entertained. Are you entertaining us? And this is what the martial arts is all about. Sure, you can punch and you can kick, but, you know, it's theatrics too. Sure. And that's one of the things I love about the uh, Asian martial arts. They're able to entertain you and at the same time teach you something, put a message inside of your, your uh, films. It's just not a, another brute force uh, movie. Yeah. yeah. Sylvia, how about you? Well, as uh, Sheldon rightly said, when uh, most of these guys, when they're showcasing their genuine raw skills, it translates really well on screen. Now, martial arts are a fusion of mental, physical, as well as spiritual sides. And so far, the cinema has been able to depict the physical side really, really well, which is undoubtedly very spectacular to watch. Now, the spiritual side and mental side is something which is sometimes a bit difficult to depict in, in the movies. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is something that um, I would like to see more of, and I think uh, Warrior Island is bringing something which is quite unique and different uh, to the table, which is the spiritual side and the, and the mental side of the martial arts, apart from the physical attributes, which are undoubtedly very spectacular to watch and translate on the screen. Uh, on that note, uh, speaking of inspiration, uh, what inspired you to get into martial arts and then parlay that into martial arts and cinema? Undoubtedly cinema itself. Uh, as a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, uh, first of all Bruce Lee, who, who appeared in phenomenal shape and the way he moved was uh, really inspiring to a kid. So undoubtedly cinema is what inspired me to take up martial arts. So initially it was Bruce Lee, then afterwards it was uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, 
Steven Seagal and Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, all of these guys inspired me to take up martial arts and uh, take it to another level. Fantastic. Eugene, how about you, sir? Coming from the background that, uh, that I, uh, I was raised up in, it was it was a beautiful thing to see someone like me on the screen performing, mm -hmm. like a Ron Van Cleef, Jim Kelly, and that was an that's what got me out of the situation that I was in because I seen someone like me performing, and of course Lee Shalom. I mean, who Lee Shalom inspired everybody, but he had that philosophy too. Yeah. See, and he brought that forward too, and it made you think make you open up that chakra that's inside yourself. And just like what you said, uh, bringing that spiritual side out, that inner side out, and that's, that's pretty much what you want to see. But it was those fighters ahead of me that looked like me. That's what inspired me because sure. I seen yeah. someone that looked mm -hmm. like me. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing that we're starting to see nowadays, too. And you can see it here. You can see it in the cast of Warrior Island is the diversity of people that are on screen doing the martial arts. Because back in the uh, 70s and 80s, it was uh, uh, Chuck Norris, Van Damme, uh, Michael Dudikoff, who's not even a real martial artist. Uh, and um, uh, they were all white guys, okay? And then we start getting uh, into, uh, and then Bruce Lee, of course, is, he's Asian, and he becomes a, a, a hero. And then we've got uh, Michael Jai White and, yep. and quite a few others. So it's opening up. It, the diversity is making a big difference in martial arts films. And we're going to be seeing a lot more of that uh, for sure. Uh, diverse casts who can really do the stuff, like my man over here, can really do it. Okay? You've got to have people who can really do it because that's going to impress and inspire an audience. Uh, so, anyways, I'm going to hand it over to yeah. you, Luke. Uh, yeah, like what everyone said, it, it's um, when you see somebody doing the things that Bruce Lee was doing, I'll give an example. What inspired me, one of the biggest inspirations. There's this one scene in Enter the Dragon where Bruce Lee is doing the fight in the heroin den, the caves. Mm. Right? And he's mm. got the sticks and the nunchucks. And then there comes a point where, where it looks like he's completely uh, outnumbered. And um, it, to this day, it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Instead of crying or screaming or anything, he literally just, just like calms down, controls his breathing, and just waits for whatever's coming next. Yeah. I mean, that, that was to me one of the most powerful things ever, to control yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Uh, on, on that note, uh, martial arts in real life and martial arts in cinema, two completely different worlds, right? Uh, how do you... Uh, maintain the um, the real martial arts and still translate it to something good on cinema and and, and still keep that the the, the spirituality the, the the inspiration behind it so that uh, it's not too far of a departure between what's real and what you see on screen. Uh, I'll keep it brief because these gentlemen have a yeah. lot more experience yeah. with this. <laughs> Mine is I would just say is to like what what Sheldon was saying instead of going over the top with things that require superhuman feats. You try to utilize martial arts that, to some extent, is actually doable in real life. Whether that means what I was talking about, maintaining control of your emotions and fear or ambitions, uh, to just defending yourself. What was the question again? <laughs> so, uh, real life martial arts versus cinematic martial arts, two completely different worlds uh, often. Um, you want to have real martial arts doing the, the stuff, but Translating real martial arts to the screen may not necessarily be an easy thing, right? Uh, correct. We had a very difficult time with it on Only the Strong, for example. Uh, because in Only the Strong, we were doing, uh, uh, we're doing all these fight scenes, uh, Mark DeCascos versus various guys, and we, it was a capoeira-based movie, so we needed to keep it with capoeira. Capoeira is not necessarily the best street fighting technique. In fact, it's probably not a... I've heard from real martial artists uh, over and over again that you can't really use capoeira in a real street fight. You're going to get your ass kicked. Okay? <laughs> you go up against somebody who's a master. Oh, capoeira, I didn't say that. <laughs> okay. And, and, but, but it's true, and they, and, and they know it, too. It's basically, it's like, it's a dance, it's a martial art, it's, um, uh, it's athletic, uh, there's a lot of great things about it, but use it in a real street fight 
It's not going to work. You need to know something more. You need to know boxing. You need to know karate. In, a re in the real situation, you ain't going to use capoeira. Capoeira is basically a show. You get together with a bunch of guys who know how to do it. They form a rota. They get in a circle. And they basically try to impress one another. That's, that's capoeira. Now, karate, uh, boxing, those are, those are different. You can use those in real-world situations, and, uh, and you will be able to prevail. But uh, uh, not, not with the one martial art that we featured in Only the Strong. And actually, that's about the only... There's very few other movies that feature capoeira. Uh, yeah. We just thought visually it was really interesting, exciting. It's beautiful, it's beautiful. And Van Damme will admit, you know, like the kicks that Van Damme does in his movies. Uh, people have said, oh, that stuff's not going to work in the real world. You're not going to do a flying kick like that against an opponent. And he'll admit it. He'll say, no, I'm not going to use that in a real fight. Uh, uh, but it looks great. It looks balletic. It's beautiful on screen. So there are things that we do on screen in front of the camera that are impressive and beautiful, but it's not, as far as the real world, it ain't, it ain't happening in the real world. Okay, fair enough. Here we go. I don't, I don't want to, you know, get off track. What was the question again? Just the, the translation of real martial arts to the cinema and, and uh, how it, it may not necessarily be the easiest thing to do. So how do you maintain um, the spirit of martial arts when cinematic martial arts isn't necessarily what you're training? I, I can only identify it with my own personal sure. training. Uh, my physical art uh, helped me develop the physical aspects of the art. My Shigi Bagua helped me to balance out the mental and the spiritual side of myself inside of myself. One of the things that I liked about Bruce Lee in, in Enter the Dragon uh, when he said the art of fighting without fighting. You know, so he was uh, explaining to us it's not necessarily that you have to fight all of the time, you know, but uh, there are different arts that you can uh, engage yourself in to, to uh, learn that spiritual side, learning the, uh, uh, the biological parts of your body, your, your uh, uh, seven chakras, your pineal gland, your, uh, but this is what meditation do, does mm -hmm. for you, mm -hmm. you know, so there's a separation in that, and, and most of the time when you look at great fighters, real good fighters, a lot of them haven't gotten into a physical uh, uh, confrontation. That's because that spiritual side, it, it shields you from all that negativity. It kind of keeps you away. But, but there's a way to project that into the cinema. All depends on the writer, and all depends on how well that, that uh, martial artist can, can pinpoint those uh, uh, degrees the way uh, Lee Shaolun has done. Yeah. Sylvia, so you're a championship martial artist, so uh, what's your Well, take? I have to say this is particularly a good question because it goes in hand with some of the stuff we spoke about earlier on and, and someone who's ex-competitor who's transitioned into movies, um, I've got a lot to say about this because Absolutely, um, yeah. obviously movies are larger than life, so we need to exaggerate actions as well as reactions, make them look spectacular uh, uh, and a little bit over the top. Um, Competition is very different because you're going to hide your techniques. You, you don't want your opponent oh. to know what you're going to do. So right. it's, it's quite different. To me personally, if I watch something in martial arts movies which is too over the top and I find it unrealistic, it doesn't sell well, um, I tend to walk out because this would not work. You mm. would not just apply this. So if, if reactions are too big, too unrealistic, uh, too fantasy-like, um, then it's not good. I prefer when it's realistic. Yeah. Raw. Yeah. Uh, shows off the talent and skill of the artist as opposed to over-exaggerating with CGI or wire work or overreactions. So I like martial arts films to be particularly kept as realistic as possible because then it really shows off the skill and talent of the performer itself yeah. as opposed to, uh, oh, it's just very spectacular, it looks great. Uh, hold on to the mic. Um, what about the uh, development or, or the... Uh uh, the rise of MMA now, uh, in as a, as an art, uh, there have been a few MMA movies. Um, MMA is all over the place uh, for in, in gyms and, and training. Uh, what uh, what about that? Uh, as it's uh, in terms of uh, translating that to uh, martial arts and cinema, I think MMA, MMA has become extremely popular um, across uh, the TV as well as the as well as the movies. The only side of MMA which uh, I said, would, would say is diluting the essence of martial arts is lack of spirituality, the spiritual mm. side, and lack of respect for each other. They've turned too much to the, the boxing WWE style of uh, 
disrespecting each other, and I, I, I don't like that side, to be honest with you. And yeah. that's why I think Warrior Island is going to be a good opportunity to bring that back. Uh, the importance of, of respect and courage and all these important uh, components and elements of what martial arts have been built on, which I think has largely been lost in the process. Fair enough, fair enough. Eugene, how about you? Yeah, MMA is uh, very ego-driven. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm the champion fighter and, I, and it's a real strong drive in that. And just like the brother said, uh, it's, it's taking away the true essence of the art. It's, it's more of a sports, and it's nothing wrong with, you know, uh, making it into a sports, sure. but yes. don't forget about the whole foundation of it. You know, you, you can kill it real fast, you know, yeah. and this, was, this is what's happening. Yeah, there really does not seem to be a uh, spiritual component to MMA, not, not at all. Uh, I've actually been, there's a number of MMA movies that are in the works right now. I've been uh, sent scripts uh, uh, that deal with MMA. And MMA, you were talking about the real world versus the movie world. And MMA is, that's the real deal. That's, uh, uh, that's what real fighting looks like. And uh, uh, when it first started becoming popular and people wanted to use it in movies, I was telling producers, look, this stuff does not look good. Okay, it does, it's like Van Damme leaping up in the air and doing a, a helicopter kick. That looks really cool. Is it really going to work in real life? Is he really going to do that? Probably not. He's probably <laughs> going to do what you see in MMA. Eventually, within a minute or even less, it always gets down to being on the ground and one guy's on top of the other and pounding away on his face. Okay, I've been in fights myself, and generally that's what my, my fights have been like. Either I'm the one getting pounded or I'm pounding somebody. Um, so, um, uh, but it doesn't look pretty. There's no spiritual side to it. So um, I had issues with it when people first started mentioning this to me. Um, nowadays, it seems, it seems like people want to make MMA movies, and they're easier to make. Uh, it's easier to, to do the fight scenes. You don't necessarily need... Uh, a Van Damme who can leap up in the air and do a, a crazy helicopter kick. Um, so that might be, we're talking about the future of martial arts movies, and that might be where the future is headed. I don't know if it's a good place to head to, but it seems to be uh, gaining in popularity. Um, I think Warrior Island is going to be pretty much the opposite of that. We're going for the beauty of the martial arts, the spirituality, uh, all of that stuff that made the uh, Bruce Lee so popular. That's the kind of stuff we're trying to go for in Warrior Island. We'll see how well we succeed. Uh, that's a loaded one. <laughs> that one's loaded. I have friends who are in MMA. Michael J. White is a, is a yeah, yeah. you know, and others as well. Um, is it a martial art? It's combat, but I don't think it's an art form on one side of it. The spiritual aspects of MMA they kind of exist. Uh, you go into a ring and the other person's objective is the same as yours. You, you, one of you is going to remain standing, one of you is going to be knocked out. That's not something the average person can deal with. That's not something the average person can actually willingly enter. It's not like everybody makes a million dollars. You know, so that argument about, well, there's a lot of money to be made. Not in the beginning. In the beginning, most people, they just don't make that much money. Uh, and sacrifices that you make, broken limbs or, or internal injuries. So the short answer is, is it a martial art? I think we need to ask ourselves what we consider to be an art form. Sure. If, if yeah. it's an art form to confront uh, adversity, a stronger opponent possibly, a faster opponent, there's some, there's some spirituality to that. But I will agree with everyone here though, it's, it's, it's not pretty. Uh, there is a lot, like what you had said, that there, there, there is, the one part that makes me very uncomfortable is, yeah, at the end of the day, you're really there to pummel the other person. I mean, that's, there's no ands or yeah. buts about it. You can bow, you can touch fist, but you're there to really hurt the other person, so. Yeah, it takes a specific mentality to be able to go into a ring and not just be ready to take a beating, but dish out a beating as yeah. well, right? So, but uh, on that note then, um, if you look at the, the, the cinematic community now, is there a director, an actor, a, a, a group, um, an organization out there that you think would be uh, the, the 
person or entity to bring the right martial arts uh, cinema project to the screens. Okay, once again, I'll start three because the last one spoke. Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't okay. think there's any one organization that, that can do that because uh, once you start bringing commerce into something, I think you you it's it's a blurred line. Mm. So mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's any one organization. I know of several that are trying. Oh, okay. But I don't think that any of them I, can, I think can really truly say that they represent martial arts uh, or martial arts and cinema. Well, again, back to uh, Warrior Island. Um, I believe that's what we're trying to do with it. everybody involved with it so far. We want to bring that, uh, that respect, that spiritual aspect back to uh, martial arts. We want, there's, there's martial arts masters, people bow to the masters, they learn from the masters, and they, uh, they respect one another. Uh, but it's not really about, um, you know, beating the shit out of uh, the other opponent, which is pretty much what MMA is about. Uh, you pretty much got to get the, uh, uh, the other guy to submit. And um, in the older versions of martial arts, uh, uh, even if you would lose a bout, uh, the, the two fighters would bow to one another afterwards as, as a sign of respect. And um, you don't quite see that in uh, MMA uh, and some of the stuff that we've uh, uh, been seeing on TV. So we're, if anybody's trying to bring it back, it's uh, James Jefferson and the people that are making Warrior Island. We're trying to go back to that older, more respectful way of uh, uh, doing these sorts of things. Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't even know about martial arts if it wasn't for the media. Fans. Sure, sure. Uh, they're bringing that forth. Uh -huh. uh, as a, a teacher from the old way, I don't know what you want in the art, you know. I can only pass on to you what my teacher passed on to me. A lot of instructors today weren't, hadn't a lot been passed on to them. So they only can pass on what was given to them. You know, a lot of teachers and a lot of instructors that I've come across in my lifetime hold in. So what it does, it chops off a certain amount of information and knowledge that can bring certain things out in individuals. So we find ourselves in a crossroad between truth and a lie. You know, so that's something that you really have to look at when it comes to an instructor and a teacher. And there's, there's a difference between a teacher and an instructor too. For sure. You know, so uh, a lot of the fighters, the MMA is very commercial, and but tr truth be told, that's the way the system right now is designed. It's designed to make money. You know, but if you have, if you've been taught a certain way, if you've been trained a certain way, there's a certain reality that you're going to see from within inside yourself. And the whole purpose of the art is to become a better person anyway. Sure. You know? yep. Well, as we all witnessed, uh, Bruce Lee is the one who brought martial arts to the surface uh, in the Western culture in 1970s. Uh, we didn't know much about martial arts until it really happened. And I I've witnessed martial arts evolution. Martial arts evolved immensely since 1970s. You watch today's martial athletes compared to 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, they're breaking phenomenal records and the tricks they're doing and their performance is beyond belief. And I believe everything goes in a circle. And Bruce Lee was talking about MMA in 1970s. Yeah, yeah. So I do believe everything goes in a circle and we are approaching this circle to come to completion where spirituality will become more of an emphasis of martial arts cinema. Uh, on that note, uh, when I was growing up, uh, and you know, Shaw Brothers and Bruce Lee were the uh, the icons to to imitate, um, the uh, the influx of of students into martial arts schools it was waves, waves of students uh, just uh, going into it. Um, with the way that martial arts is portrayed in cinema today, not necessarily the best light every time. So, uh, is it good for martial arts uh, the way that uh, it? inspires um, martial arts to, to train today? Or, or, or do we need something different? Well, media and cinema undoubtedly has got extremely powerful influence over people. And as you said rightly yourself, uh, we, we go through stages and cycles where we get huge influx of people joining martial arts schools because a particular movie was, was released. Um, but um, 
Sorry, what was, what was the original question? Then? It, is it is the inspiration that we're getting uh, from the, the the films and cinema now? Is it the right kind of inspiration? Or I I don't think it is. I mean, yeah. talk, talking to general members of the public, and I, I run martial arts school in London. Uh, just generally, parents when you speak to them, they get the impression that martial arts are very dangerous, mm. and martial arts people are thugs. Yeah. And that's what they're afraid, my kid's going to become very dangerous and start beating up other people. And I said, no, 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 we teach them how to be very responsible. But I think, right, exactly what you said, most of the cinema movies nowadays do portray martial artists to be a little bit dangerous and thugs and getting into fights and parents get worried. Do I want to send my kid to a martial arts school if martial arts are like this? Yeah, it's definitely fair. fair. Yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely right. Uh, we can only show we can only give those students that's coming in the right thing, but it's up to them to uh, carry out what's right, you know. So uh, it's the cinema, it's the entertainment. That's what they're going to see first, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Because uh, I didn't know anything about martial arts until I looked at television. Only thing I knew about was judo, but then when the cinema came out, that's when the whole world began to see. So it's what we put out, whether it may be positive or negative, is what we put out. And uh, you can change it. It all depends. If you if you know how to, how can you show someone how to be themselves that you hadn't been showing yourself? It's just not possible. So if you're a good teacher, you're a good instructor, you're going to reach inside and you're going to help bring that. That, that 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 fire, that proper fire that's inside of that individual, because you know how to do it. You can't do it if you hadn't if it hadn't been shown to you. It's just not possible. You know? uh, once again, I have to ask, uh, what was what, what was the gist of the question, the original question? Uh, the inspiration that comes from martial arts and cinema today, not necessarily the best light, um, often, but it, is it is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Well, it's somewhere, it's somewhere in the middle, and uh, it, it's a very wide field also. There are movies that are going to have a negative impact, basically making it seem like violence is fun. That's, that's a problem I have with a lot of movies, um, especially war movies. They make it seem like it's, it's fun to be in a war. It's fun to uh, shoot a gun, and you're never going to get hit, but you're going to... You're going to wipe out 20 guys with one burst of fire. So that kind of stuff is unrealistic. But also, uh, I think um, it, it, has a, it has a negative aspect. It's, it's not a good thing to show. Uh, and it's the same with martial arts movies, uh, fighting movies. If they make it seem like it's going to be fun, uh, nobody's going to get hurt, except that your opponents are going to get hurt, but you're not going to get hurt. Uh, I think that that... Um, uh, there are a lot of negative aspects to that because you can get into it thinking um, I'm going to be like uh, Van Damme and uh, leap up in the air and do a flying kick and take my opponent down. But most likely, you leap up in the air, uh, you're leaving yourself open to getting punched in the nuts, okay? <laughs> you're up in the air, your opponent is going to see an opening and go boom and you're out of it, okay? So... Um, uh, I think um, there are negative aspects to it. It's most, for me, it was all about entertainment because I never studied martial arts myself. So for me, it was just a, uh, I tried to make entertaining movies that had interesting fight scenes, that had interesting characters, uh, where you basically follow the character. These are dramas. Uh, it's, not, it's not real life fights. Uh, and um, uh, I, I do think it, uh, it, it can have a negative influence on people especially kids who see movies like this, and they, they want to go out of the theater and kick somebody's ass. I know that this happens, okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> People will see an action movie, a fight movie, they come out of the theater, they want to start practicing the moves, even though they haven't been properly taught the moves, they just saw it up on the screen. And if somebody looks at them the wrong way, they're ready to start a fight. Well, you, you don't want to encourage stuff like that, but stuff like that does get encouraged. So. Um, I think it'd be good if uh, uh, these action movies can move back to uh, a more positive and spiritual dimension. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it'd be a good thing. What, what you've been saying uh, uh, actually 
It'd be great if we could go in that direction. That's pretty much what they're trying to do with Warrior Island. It's yeah. not about uh, uh, kicking ass. It's basically about being spiritual, um, being respectful, following what, what your your teachers are saying. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, when the movie comes out. Sounds good. Uh, short answer is yes. Right now I'm working with Mark Dacascos and Mr. Amin, who was the Capoeira choreographer for all of the show. So we're working on a, on a limited documentary series that deals exactly with that question. Um, how does martial art influence different communities around the world? We're starting with Capoeira communities around the world, uh, and we've already rolled in Bahia and, and Brazil. Uh, and Tokyo, and then we're going to be moving on to Germany. But basically these are communities that either saw the movie, or when it originally came out, or heard about it somehow later on on the web or whatever. And they didn't necessarily become martial artists, but they were able to apply some of the things that they saw in the movie to their situation cool. in their communities. Cool. All right. Uh, dream budget. Dream project. What do you put together to further martial arts and cinema, if you could? Dream budget? Yeah. Sheldon knows. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm within, well, to do a lot of the stuff that, that I think all of us were influenced by, um, it's hard. God bless all these people that do martial arts films for like under $100,000. I mean, that's not easy. That is not easy. Uh, so dream budget, I'm just going to speak for myself. Um, I would have to say, in order to really make a dent and to get the attention of major streamers, major studios, uh, you've got to start somewhere within the 10, 15 million dollar range. Okay. That's to start, that's not counting wow. yeah. like uh, A-list actors sure, or anything sure. like that. That's just nuts and bolts making the movie. And then that changes based on your action sequences. And what do you do with it? What do you do with 10, 15 million, million then? So. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> you have well cast, crew, uh, you have time to rehearse, uh, like only the show now would have been something like a, a ten or a twelve million dollar movie. We did it nowadays. Was, yeah. Nowadays it was six and a half million dollars to do only the show back then, and um, we were we were hard pressed yep. to to do stuff. Like even now, looking at the movie now, I'm like, man, if Sheldon would have had just five more. We're working on a movie now, and one of my biggest battles is to give him time <laughs> to shoot yeah. Yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, because it takes time, even for a professional. Okay. Fair. Yeah, uh, uh, we had a bit of a battle on uh, Only the Strong also as far as getting enough of a budget. Uh, the, the budget ended up being, I think, around six. Um, we, we wanted more, the producers wanted to pay less. Fortunately, I believe we had, um, I believe I had about 40 days to shoot that movie. Now, time is more important than money when it comes to, although time and money uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're pretty much uh, stepbrothers, but uh, you really need the time to shoot a movie properly. Uh, you can tell me that my budget is $50 million, okay, and I'm going to ask, how many days do I have? That's what you, re you really need a, a certain number of days, because for martial arts scenes, for action scenes, you want to be able to rehearse that stuff. Yeah. You don't rehearse that stuff, it ends up looking sloppy, you don't get the, uh, the coverage that you need, you don't get the close-ups. Uh, if you can't just have a fight take place uh, uh, in an arena and you shoot with a, um, uh, a drone flying overhead and you get some wide shots, that's not going to give you a good fight scene. You got to get right in there with the, with the fighters, you got to get facial reactions, you got to get punches, you got to get kicks connecting, you need all that stuff. And that takes time. Um, I watched a movie, uh, there was a movie made that um, Mark Dacascos uh, uh, ended up directing. It was made by a, uh, a Russian named uh, Alexander Nevsky. And I was kind of in involved at the very beginning of this one, uh, but didn't actually make the movie. Uh, it was called uh, Showdown in Manila. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you, you saw it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Showdown in Manila had all these amazing martial artists in it. It had uh, Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, uh, quite, a few, uh, quite a few others, people who had made martial arts movies before and were known for doing some great fight scenes. Well, so I see the movie, there's not a single fight scene in this damn movie. 
It's all guns. Basically, it's Cynthia Rothrock's got an M16. She's firing. You see some people go down. Okay, that's the action scene. And afterwards, I went up to Alexander. I said, dude, you got Cynthia Rothrock and Don Wilson and, and all these other people. Why no physical fight scenes? And the answer is basically because the budget was too low. They didn't have the time. It takes time to shoot a fight scene properly. It takes, you know, generally like the fight scenes in uh, oh, only the strong Lionheart uh, double impact, we'd spend like, you know, three days shooting a, a fight scene. Uh, if you've got one day to do a fight scene, it's not going to look very good. And um, uh, scenes, like action scenes with guns, those are easy to do. Explosions are easy to do. They're cheap. Uh, you would think an explosion is a big, a big special effects deal. No, it's all, it's all fake. It's just a bunch of smoke and fire, and then you put the sound effects in uh, afterwards. That's easy to do. Uh, gunfire, okay. Uh, Cynthia Rothrock's got an M16, a fake M16. She's spraying bullets, okay. Nothing's coming out. She's, and then you, got, you cut to a guy going yeah, with a, a, a blood pack on, with, uh, uh, with squibs basically getting hit and going down. That's easy to do, that's like, that's two shots, okay? Now you wanna do a fight scene with Cynthia Rothrock and a, and a real fighter, that scene's gonna take you at the very least, at the very least a day, uh, but you really need two to three days to shoot something like that. Yeah. So anyways, I'm gonna yeah. stop yakking hey, here Eugene. and hand over. Eugene, what would you do with your dream budget and dream project? I couldn't, uh, I'm just a talent. <laughs> martial artists as, as far as behind the scene and uh, giving you a budget, uh, I wouldn't have a clue. But I do know the people that I've, I've worked with, uh, they were so much of a team that uh, they didn't uh, acquire a lot, but they they made it happen with what they had because they were so, their bond and the team was so strong, but they made it happen. That's one of the things that I had admired because they had so little, or we had so little, and we made it happen. But times have changed now. We, the, the technology and the quality and, and what they're doing, you know, it, it takes more money to, to sure, produce yeah. those things. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvia. Well, interesting, most of our answers seem to be pointing to the same thing. And I think one of the biggest resources we can have on action films is, is time. Sure. And I've worked on big budget films where I had two weeks rehearsal. I've worked on low budget films where I had half a day to rehearse, <laughs> and that was the biggest downfall, yeah. uh, not having sufficient time to rehearse, because you need to develop the trust with the person that you're working with. Yeah. Think of it like a dance partner. Mm -hmm. With a dance partner, you need to grow and mature into it very slowly over time. Um, one of the people I worked with time and time again was Scott Atkins. We've done five films together, and because we trust each other, we can pull it off very, very easily. Awesome dance partners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so time, time is of essence on, on, on any action film. You know, when you're working on a big budget film, if you have seven days to rehearse, then it's going to look much, much, much better on screen. For sure. All right, uh, we're going to be wrapping up. So, uh, Silvio, uh, give the audience uh, your socials, let them know where they can follow you and keep up with uh, everything you've got going on. Uh, my website www.silviosimak.co.uk, Instagram at silviosimak, and as well as, as, well as the Facebook. Uh, this year I did six productions, so it's been one of the busiest years. Uh, next year is going to be probably even busier, hopefully, so uh, follow me on. Good problem to have, good problem to have. Eugene? Uh, my uh, website is eugenesjourney.com. You can uh, just log in there and it'll give you all my information. Uh, besides a uh, martial artist, I'm a musician. I do a lot of performing around the, uh, the cities and uh, the country. So uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, it's EugeneJourney.com. EugeneJourney.com. Sheldon. Best way to get in touch with me is uh, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Just type in my name, you'll find me. Type in my name on IMDb, on uh, uh, any uh, any number of other places, and you'll get information about me. I don't have a very good website, so I don't <laughs> recommend that at all. But Facebook and IMDb look pretty damn good. So uh, just go to those, and I do respond to people that try to get in touch with me. So uh, give it a try. Most likely, I'll uh, I'll respond. Last word with you, Louise. Uh, IMDb, uh, we're in post production now in a film called Nameless. Oh, awesome. So. When you see the producer, all the links on IMDb, you can see the other films that we're working on there. 
Fantastic. Luis Esteban, Sheldon Lesh, Eugene Thomas, Sylvia Sinai, thank you so much for taking us on this journey of martial arts through cinema. Guys, enjoy the rest of the show. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shelling monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the land. Yeah, the little big soldier is old, otherwise, he wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here, the blast. On the end, back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, Devin is coming back. The Tai Chi master, Jelly's even faster. The channel little dream because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China, Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see, Maggie show your spine off. Golden Swallow has arrived. Shang Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight, may as well pick a spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampire's back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword, and our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Man is style. Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles. Blood will spill now on the mountain tops when we bring back the soul of the legendary pops. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The Shogun assassin slashing blood of just did drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance that won't stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Irma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the parties on the floor when the blood will splatter against the walls. No fear at all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless, unleashed. 